And welcome to the Dark Side of Soul podcast. This is Joe. And this is Sean. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> it is summertime in the, the land of the morning heat wave. Uh, uh, actually, we're not getting as badly as other parts of the world are getting it, as far as I hear. My God, in Western Canada, it's uh, to get the the uh, the the fires and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, people in um, where is it? I think it's in. I think it parts of parts of. Um, Saskatchewan and Alberta are in, in like the mid forties. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, Cra- crazy. Yeah, so it is hot. And one thing we do in Korea is we like to get scared when it's hot. We we talked a while scared. back, a few episodes back, about that mm-hmm. that that TV show, mm-hmm. Hometown Legends. Yeah, mm-hmm. back in the days, like the eighties. When air conditioning was not as prevalent in people's apartments, this is a way they would cool off was watching chilly shows. And this is the time of year. Chilling. Chill, chilling shows. Not, not, chilling. Chill, not, not like Chilly Willy. <laughs> <Chilly laughs> Willy. No, no uh, Chilly Cook-Off. I love um, Chilly Willy. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's what it is. I mean... Horror, horror movies tend to be popular this time of year. Um, yeah. I've noticed on our tours, we tend to get more Korean guests this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, we thought, yeah. yeah. And, well, yeah, and, like, like it's a pure, it's a, it's pure marketing. Um, <laughs> that's what we're good at is marketing. <clears throat> oh yeah. Well, it is like, like for horror films. Now I don't know if it was something that Koreans did like telling ghost stories in the summer. I, I've never come across anything suggesting that predates, uh, the, like the late nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, like, it's possible, but things like hometown legends was on all, all year round. Right. Yeah, this it, wasn't, true, this it, wasn't, it wasn't on. It wasn't on only in the in. The but summer. I love that story that your wife said. Told. Was it your wife that said that? Which one? About about uh, everyone's windows were open because it was so yeah, hot, yeah, and yeah. hearing yeah, everyone right. screaming in every household. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my wife. Yeah, yeah. I've heard other I people love said, that. said the same thing. You're right, right. So, but but yeah, like the the idea. Yeah, so that's. I think the first movie. We can ask Pierce, and Pierce might know, or any other, if anyone does know for certain. I think the first Korean movie to make use of that for marketing was Whispering Corridors in '98. Uh, okay. They re- and yeah, you go see a horror movie in in the in the summer to cool down. Most of those air conditioning in this theater. Right. You go to the bank, or you go to the you go to the cinema, and the, most of them. <laughs> Usually kids went to the bank because it was free and the bank didn't mind them uh, loitering. So they were fine. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. My wife told me too. It was like, they'd buy ice cream and go sit in the bank. <laughs> yeah. That's cause so they are, funky. Yeah. Cause the air condition would be, would be on blast and they would just go and pick up some Melona, Melona ice cream bars and, and go sit down and, and chat for like an hour. This reminds it, me of an episode of Married with Children. Mm-hmm. And now this, 
Married with Children uh, if you, uh, took place in Chicago. And there's one episode Chicago, where... Chicago, as Kelly used Chicago, to call it. Chicago, where, where, where <laughs> Al Bundy was too cheap to get the air conditioner fixed or too cheap to get an air conditioner. And it was a heat wave going through Chicago. And so what the family did was they basically just packed up their lawn chairs and everything and camped out in the grocery store and the supermarket. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> the Simpsons has something similar, too. They, there's a heat wave and Bart and Homer sit down and they pitch their tent in front of their refrigerator and they open the door so it's opened into the tent. <laughs> <laughs> and then they... Uh, and then it, it, mal- it breaks down, right? It malfunction. He goes, Marge, can you set the stove to cold? Mm. So I think that's the episode when they get the pool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they get the swimming pool. So, but but the, yeah, the idea. So there's definitely a, a very popular, but I do think fairly modern uh, idea of telling ghost stories in summer to cool yourself off. It, it just reeks of marketing, right? Like. The, because it doesn't actually cool you off. It's a, it's a great marketing ploy to get people, yeah, get, get, get butts in the seat, right? Yeah, I get But it, I love it. It's fantastic. But, um, but the idea of telling stories, like, I, well, you're American. So I think, like, my observation of the United States is summer camp. Yes. And, and ghost stories around a campfire. And Even though my summer favorite camp. summer camp movie, Meatballs, was filmed in Canada. At a Canadian summer camp. Well, well, aren't aren't all the actors Canadian or mostly? But yeah, yeah. Right? Well, everyone except yeah. Bill Murray is Canadian. Yes. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Anyway, um, oh, and, and Chris Makepeace. Yeah, Chris Makepeace. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, it's it, it's actually uh, the week we were recording. It was kind of like it was the forty tw- second anniversary of that movie being released. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah there, there you go. Late 70s. And, and right it's there. finally getting the respect it deserves because I was, I was reading all these accolades about this movie that only I knew, I thought. Right. The meatballs. The original Meatballs. None of the sequels, right. which are unrelated. Right. But yeah, there's a ton of American movies, horror movies that are summer movies that are set in camps. Friday the 13th, you know, Camp Crystal Lake is probably one of the most famous horror uh, film uh, uh, settings in, in in horror cinema. Um, what else? Uh, uh, camp Sleepaway, a Sleepaway Camp, mm-hmm. uh, The Burning, um, and they're all slasher films. Um, yeah, I hate slashers. Um, I like no, I like I like a lot of slasher films, uh, depending on how how well they're done. A lot yeah. of them were just a lot of them just you know they just uh, after another classic summer horror movie would be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and then after that, then Halloween. And then they all, they all just kind of jumped, jumped on the bandwagon then. Um, and uh, not, not, not a lot of them are good. Um, but, but, they, but they don't take advantage of really just what is so spooky about being out in the woods. Mm-hmm. I just love the idea of the unknown being out there. Now, everyone gives it shit. And yes, it, it does not stand the test of time. But Blair Witch Project. Oh, that's a fine movie. Yeah, I like it a lot. People give it shit. But because it started the whole... I mean, it was... It didn't start it, but it really jump-started the found footage right. tropes. Um, but I like that movie a lot because... Of the unknown, mm-hmm. you didn't have to scare people with with 
with red corn syrup. <laughs> Kensington Gore. Yeah. 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 I really like that. I love just the feeling of what, what, oh, we can't, there's something out there. We can't, we hear it. We know it's out there. We can't see it. Where is it? That is the stuff I love the best. That's, mm. that's good camp, camping stuff, the, going out in the right. woods. That's the best stuff to me. Right, right. So, yeah, and uh, 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 Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Nickelodeon. Also, Nickel, that's all set around um, uh, the, the idea of telling, telling camp stories. Yep, and it's right. available on Paramount+. Plus. We're watching it now. Is that a Nickelodeon show? I say yeah. I never saw it. I never saw it on Nickelodeon. I don't. It's probably in, it's been in Canada for a long time now, but it was. Yeah, well, a lot of Canadian shows like you can't do that on television and such moved uh-huh. to Nickelodeon. Everything but the grassy high. Right, right, right. Because I, we we got it in Canada on YT on uh, YTV. Um, yeah, and I think it's a I think it's a Canadian show. I have a feeling it was. Yeah, Nickelodeon loved buying stuff from Canada and Thames Productions mm. in the UK. Thames. What I, I, I called it Thames. Yeah, Thames. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I thought it was Thames when I was a kid too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Thames, and then Thames was like, "That's when I, that was my introduction to the British just mispronounce everything." Well, in Newfoundland, because <laughs> Newfoundland th is often pronounced t as well, right? Yeah. Uh, if it starts it starts a word, they don't pronounce the, the H. It's just oh, really? T. Yeah. So, yeah. but when you read it, like when I was reading it, I thought it was Thames. Thames. And then, and then my my father my father said no, it's Thames, and I was like, oh, Thames, yeah, Thames. It's, like t- it's Thames. Thames. Yeah, and then and then he's like, well, no, that's like that's how it's said. Listen, I'm not just I'm not just pronouncing it like a Newfoundlander. This is that's how it's said. It's mm. Thames. And I was like, oh, okay, mm. very good. But yeah, like so, telling stories. I think we like speaking of the British. Like they they have the old tradition of telling ghost stories on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. That is right? true, and that's that's a tradition that that I lo- I love. I still love reading ghost stories on Christmas Eve, and I started doing that with my daughter. Christmas past, we sat in front of our Christmas tree on Christmas Eve, and. We we told each other go, we told each other one ghost story each. That's so cute. So so that's uh, precious. Yeah, lot, Not yeah, cute. It's lot, precious. Precious. My pre- and so a lot of fun. Uh, so, but yeah, Koreans do love their ghost stories and with their marketing. Since, but like I said, if anyone knows of any of any indication, reliable source that indicates that. There is an older tradition of telling ghost stories in summer for the specific purpose or said for the purpose of cooling down. Then let us know. Um, but I do think it is a, a marketing thing that started in the late 90s. Well, that's for fine. Horror, for horror so films. we're going to tell that's you. Fine. Sure. We're going to tell you stories to cool down. And yes, it is a marketing thing because we want you to join our Patreon and subscribe to our show. (laughs) (laughs) But I take this back. This is something I think is the root of this podcast. This is the stuff I kind of wanted to do when we started this. I thought we would be doing Mm. a lot more ghost stories. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Then I got distracted with the history. And it's, you know, uh, 
Well, that works fine too. It works fine, but, but, but ghost it's, stories are fun because and so, and social issues we talk about a lot now too. The yeah. peak of the peak ever the tour I do is is my bonus ghost story at the end. Mm, mm, mm. Everyone loves that one, and, and I love it yeah. too. And I've mm. and and it was Robert Neff who. who told me that story and he got that story from Korean university students yeah. and, and I've been, I've been hunting and hunting and hunting. And now I think I've, I've, I've been getting better at my research lately and mm-hmm. now I'm starting to find, I've started finding this treasure trove of creepy Korean ghost stories that people tell each other at MTs mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. People met on a membership training, like in university and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Little, little, little ghost stories that they tell at high schools and such. Now, I had to filter through a lot of these mm-hmm. um, because a lot of them were just kind of like, there was a spooky woman on my sofa and I swore she was a ghost. The end. I mean, okay, <laughs> th- th- fine. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> That's not interesting. Right. <laughs> There was a lot yeah. of those. And, and so um, I was looking for stories that had similar elements to the ones I like to tell on the tour. Mm-hmm. So I, I've, I found a, I've been collecting them. I've now got, I don't even know how many stories I got. Well, what they're elements all, are you talking really, about? The elements is, uh, the elements are, well, I do like, I like it when something unexpected happens. Like, okay, the twist. Or something mm-hmm. like that, something because it's it's you feel like it's going one way, and then when it takes this other turn, that's when the that's when the goosebumps happen. I feel mm-hmm. that's how I always feel is that, and I like okay. I also like stories that make you think. You have to you have to stop, and uh, some of the stories are super obvious, but others you really one of them you got to read again. You got to listen to it again to really catch on what was going on. But the ones that just make you stop and you go, what, what was that a ghost? Or was that not a ghost? Or who was that? What, 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 why did they say that? And you have to think about that a little more. Right, Those are right. more fun. Those are really fun. Cause they, they, they stimulate your brain. They make you like, they, they re- that really brings you, that pushes your imagination forward. Yeah. And I think it depends on when and where you're telling the story. Like you have to, I think your setting wherever you are is really important to the kind of story you tell. So like a story, say if you're doing a tour, a story that causes people to go, wait a second. And they have to think for a minute. You should never do that at like the beginning of the tour. Cause they're not going to no. listen to the rest of the stuff that you're talking about. Right? True, so true, though, keep, that is true. So you put it at, right at the end. So they yeah. leave, you leave them with something to, to, to ruminate on. Um, and I do on my hiking tour, I have one story where there's a, at some points because, because the trails can be rough. There's some points when, and I tell the, 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 the people who come on the tour that there will be certain points when we'll just be walking and being careful and stuff. And I won't share anything so you can focus on the trail. Mm-hmm. So just before we, uh, we start doing something like that. I share a story that isn't, isn't a ghost story, but it makes you think for a second. You're like, wait, what does that mean? And it's a, it's an old Buddhist story that's mm. set around the beginning of the Chosun dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and then I share it and then I, then I turn around and keep walking. And then sometimes people go, no, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, think, I was like, yeah, this, this, yeah. Think, think back to what, to what I said. And then after 
sometimes people go, oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's a great story. And to so, note, if you want to hear that story, go to soulhike.com <laughs> and soul sign hike. up for that's Sean's right. tour. Yes. Yeah. So I think it depends. I think like around same thing, like if you are like, say like MR James, MR James, he started uh, this thing where he he'd gather like his students together on Christmas Eve and they, and they'd all share ghost stories. Um, and the, uh, but the, the, the idea would never, the idea would be to scare each other, but never to make everyone contemplate because if someone's going to tell a story after you, they're just going to be focusing on this previous story, not on yours. Right. And then, you know, you don't want anyone upstaging you. On, well, you know, too bad yeah. because those are most of the stories I got tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are straightforward. I'm, I'll see if I can. Mm. I, I'm not really telling them in any order. It's just the order kind of how I found them or just how mm. I put them in my list. Yeah, I just I have a couple as well. But you go ahead, Joe. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So get yourself in a good place. You know, maybe lie in bed with the lights out and put your ear earbuds on. This is a good place to do it. I could do it in my ASMR voice, too. Um, here we go. Um, a middle school student was out playing with his friends when he discovered he was late to go home. On his way home, the day was getting dark and the atmosphere was getting eerie. He sped up his steps to get home quickly, but he felt like someone was following him from behind. He felt a chill and started to walk faster, but the person behind him was also walking faster. Then a man came out of an alleyway. With a start, the boy thought, oh no, what if this man lives in my apartment building? The boy picked up his pace while these two men were quickly walking behind him. He got to his apartment building. Thankfully, the elevator was already on the first floor. He pressed the button hard and the door opened and he rushed in and pushed for the 11th floor where his apartment was. He matched the closed door button. Right when it was closing, a hand blocked it. It reopened. It was the first man who was following him. The door closed. The man pushed for the 10th floor. The door started to close. The door was closing, but another hand blocked it. It reopened. It was the man from the alleyway. He entered as well, but the other man ran off. The doors closed. The man from the alleyway didn't push any buttons. Nervous, the boy worked up the courage to ask him, Do you live here? The man replied, I came here because a man with a knife was chasing after a student. (laughs) Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They have the the classic urban legend twist to them. Yeah. They're told. Yeah. They're told, and they're told like urban legends. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I stories like that are great, and that's like perfect campfire fodder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Those are the so, type of stories I like, though. Yeah, and I can imagine. Um, I can imagine. Uh, Koreans at the, the MT with the membership training um, mm-hmm. sitting around telling stories to each other. A, I don't know. I don't know if that's still common, if they commonly still tell stories to each other. I do know if that they did in the past at least, uh, but yeah, I have no idea if they still do. I, I have, 
for it my out they are research. they are sharing them online because I finally started finding some places. There's some Facebook groups and such where they are sharing them online. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, um, what were some sources of of scary stories that you liked when you like as a kid growing up? Hmm. Oh my gosh! Well, my grandfather was really good at it, mm-hmm. but it was really more of the theater he would use. Oh, okay. It wasn't really plot. It was kind of um, like a boy was being really bad, and he was really rude to this man. And the man said, "Well, one day, well, you know, tonight while you're in bed, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to your house and I'm gonna get you." Mm-hmm. And the boy's in bed, and it's all about you know the door. He hears the door open, and he says, "You know, Sean, I'm in the house." And he goes, then he hears the thing at the stairs and he goes, Sean, I'm on the first step. <laughs> right. Sean, I'm on the second step. You know, it goes like that until he gets closer. I'm in your room. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think a lot of movies are like that. Um, and a lot of it's about the atmosphere and stuff that gets built up. Yeah. And it then was the, the, the anticipation and dread. Right, right. And then you, you, you have to create that as a storyteller. We're squeezing so. our sheets as he gets closer. That's right. Right. We're right. we're about to get tickled. You're afraid of you're afraid of the tickle monster. I hate tickle. I hate being tickled. <laughs> um, for me, uh, like you know, it's no secret that comic books and horror comic books were kind of the 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 biggest part of my in horror films, but er- earlier on. Uh, horror comics were the uh, um, the biggest um, source I had for 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 horror stories and things mm-hmm. like that. And um, but before that, pro- maybe not before. Probably my my idea is that maybe right around the same time as um, I started reading horror comics, probably a couple. Yeah, maybe a little bit before I discovered. Um, scary stories to tell in the dark you, do you know mm. that book series there's no, only three no. books so written by alvin schwartz drawn by stephen gamel and stephen gamel's art is still brilliant um kind of, a little bit like an edward gory kind of thing oh um, i love that stuff but a little bit more minimalist than edward gory and uh and um but yeah the stories drew from folk tales and urban legends and the way he wrote them was in such a way that when you're, if you're just reading it, it, they don't always come across as scary, but he tells you in the beginning, you have to tell them well. Mm. It's kind of like you said about your grandfather. So mm. create the theater, the performance, great you create the mood. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. how you tell the story makes, makes the difference. Yeah. But there were a few of them. The ones that stick with me uh, are, are the ones that were scary to read. And there was one in the second book called More Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark uh, called Harold. And that was about a scarecrow um, who likes to skin people. Um, so, but one of the stories that, uh, that I remember the, the most from the first book, and I don't remember when I read it, it's probably around 1988, it's about nine years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I read this book, I read this story, uh, and it was called The Girl Who Stood on a Grave. 
So I have the book, and I'm just going to read it the way it's written in the book. Okay. Okay, so. Some boys and girls were at a party one night. There was a graveyard down the street, and they were talking about how scary it was. Don't ever stand on a grave after dark, one of the boys said. The person inside will grab you. He'll pull you under. That's not true, one of the girls said. It's just a superstition. I'll give you a dollar if you stand on a grave, said the boy. A grave doesn't scare me, said the girl. I'll do it right now. The boy handed her a knife. Stick this knife in one of the graves, he said. Then we'll know you were there. The graveyard was filled with shadows and was quiet as death. There was nothing to be scared of, the girl told herself, but she was scared anyway. She picked out a grave and stood on it. Then quickly she bent over and plunged the knife into the soil, and she started to leave, but she couldn't get away. Something was holding her back. She tried a second time to leave, but she couldn't move. She was filled with terror. Something has got me, she screamed, and she fell to the ground. When she didn't come back, the others went to look for her. They found her body sprawled across the grave. Without realizing it, she had plunged the knife through her skirt and had pinned it to the ground. It was only the knife that held her. She had died of fright. (gasps) So when I was a little kid, that scared the crap out of me. (laughs) Oh my. That was one of my favorites. When I was like nine years old and I read that, I was like, holy crap. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh um, my, well, those are good. Then, See, that's what I love. Yeah, I love yeah. But when I got older, I realized because I I didn't know it like when I was reading his books that they were based on uh, folk tales and urban legends. Uh, not until I was much older, mm-hmm. and um, it turned out that. And then I realized later, probably you know, after I read that story, that there's a Twilight Zone episode that's that's very very similar, mm-hmm. and it, it's called The Grave. So written by Montgomery Pittman, not not written by Rod Rod Serling, written by Montgomery Pittman, and uh, it has a very very similar ending. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, oh, that's just like just like the story, the Alvin Schwartz story in in uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. But then when I got older, I realized that it's it is based on older tales, and there's a story called The Dare. That's almost exactly the same. And it, that mm-hmm. appears by Maria Leach in her book, uh, uh, The Thing at the Foot of the Bed. And um, uh, yeah, so it, it, it is an urban legend. And you can tell it in such a way if you are with a group of people and you gather them around. It's a great story to tell. And you can tell it in in a Korean context as well, very easily, because there mm-hmm. are graves. There are graves everywhere all around Korea. Like we've talked about in our some of the other episodes, like right in our grave matter, yeah, yeah, in our grave matters episode, we talk about that. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, th- there are a lot of uh, a, there are a lot of Korean uh, uh, settings that you could you could use to to tell this story. I, th- I wonder if some of these were adapted. See, what I did was I was trying to make sure the. Some of them, they start off by saying, oh, this came from Japan, and some of them have mm-hmm. Japanese elements, and I'm like, yeah, you're, you're, you're not making the cut. <laughs> so I didn't get those. <laughs> we'll return to the podcast after this message. 
Get our comic book, The Dark Side of Soul, Weird Tales from Korean Lore, at our website, darksideofsoul.com, or get it at Comixology. If you're in Seoul, visit the Dice Latte near Huegi Station to get your copy. Written by me and drawn by Tim Bauer, it's 50 pages of folkloric dread. And now, back to the show. Mm. Um, well, there, there was this one... Um... And Sean, you're not looking at the notes, are you? You haven't read these before. Uh, uh, no, 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 I'm not. Oh, good, because I don't. I don't want you to. Because I want to get your reactions. I mean, and 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 mm. I tell you, the more, the further I go, I think the better they go. So, mm. um, uh, um, a pianist was in a state of unconsciousness in a hospital after being involved in a serious car accident. The doctors had to amputate her right hand and one leg. When the pianist awakened in the recovery room, she was in a stiff neck brace and couldn't look down. Her friend was next to her. Groggily, the pianist asked, Are my hands okay? When I recover, will I be able to play again? Her friend didn't want to tell her the truth while she was still in the state, so she just nodded. After a few days, the pianist was able to move her head. She said, Please loosen the armrest so I can move my fingers. I, I think I've been lying in bed for a few days already. I'll, I'll need to practice to see if I haven't forgotten to play the piano because of the accident. And the friend said, I'll loosen it, but you've been injected with painkillers. You won't be able to feel your hand. She loosened the restraints. The pianist closed her eyes in concentration and hummed a tune she played on the piano. The friend felt so awful about her lying that she left the room. Suddenly, she heard a nurse scream down the hall. She went into the room. Her friend's severed hand was in a jar of formaldehyde. The fingers were moving like they were playing a sonata. I like that one. Oh, that's, uh, that's almost exactly like a, a story from Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, that sounds like it. I think that's, that sounds a little familiar. Yeah, uh, but uh, but but a little uh, but a little bit different. Some of the some of the points of the story of the narrative are are, are different. Mm. Um, I'm trying to remember if the guy is a is he a piano player? I think I think so. I think he's a piano player. Um, I have okay. to go through. We have to go through the the book. But uh, yeah, yeah, the, the the same thing. The guy he he kills somebody and. Was it Tales from the Crypt or was that? Well, it did feel like something that was more of an international urban legend that was put into Korea. Right. I'm trying yeah. to think if it was Tales from the Crypt or Chilling Adventures of Chilling Adventures and Sorcery. Well, I can't remember it, which, which. It does sound anyway. like a Tales from the Crypt thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, no, that's a classic. That's good. Yeah, yeah, it's a good story. Yeah. I mean, the, um, the, okay, I got another one that's a little more Korean central. I mean, it has a lot more Korean elements in it. Okay, yep. Um, well, a lot of Koreans play piano. Well, that's why I put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um, here we go. Um, a high school girl was bullied by two other girls, Heijin and Sehi. One day, just like any other day, she walked the alleyways alone. She spotted a diary with a terrifying blood red color and merely picked it up out of curiosity. She ran straight home and opened it in a room. On the first page, it was written in the girl's own handwriting. Heijin, who bullied me today, died in a car accident. Below, it read, 
tear this page out if you don't want it to happen. The girl thought about it, and she thought, it wouldn't be so bad for Heijin to disappear. The girl woke up the next day and went to school. Her homeroom teacher looked thunderstruck. She announced, yesterday evening, Li Heijin died in a car accident. The girl let out a relieved sigh. The classmates turned to look at her, but she pretended to be distraught. She couldn't wait for school to end, so she could jump with excitement. After class, she ran home to her room and opened the diary to the next page. It read, Today, Sehi fell from the apartment balcony and died. Below it read, Tear this page out if you don't want it to happen. The girl was so excited she could hardly sleep. The next day in homeroom, the news spread that Sehi had died from falling from her apartment balcony. The girl was overjoyed. They'll never bother me again. When she got home, she was curious. So she went into her room to open the diary. It said, Today, Keijin and Sehi came to visit me. She closed the book as she heard two girls laughing. Mm, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Classic. I like that e- one. I like yeah. That one. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's a good. One. Um, so what about, um, I'll, I'll share a couple of mine too, mm-hmm. but, uh, but what about, um, what about classic ho- movies, any horror movies that, uh, kind of, cause the, I think the anthology film is, kind of perfect for oh i agree yeah good short stories and Mm. like twilight zone tales of morality because this one kind of was a tale of morality because you can kind of hint that the girl was not behaving well yeah right right yeah Mm. yeah and you wishing people wishing death on people is yeah even if even if they might you know if they're not the best people um it's, it's definitely a key of the morality tale um yeah. So something, a story, the story that I'll share was told is allegedly true. And it was told to me when I was a little kid and uh, more like I heard people telling it, the adults telling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I've mentioned before, like just, I grew up on ghost stories and haunted, you know, stories of haunted abandoned uh you know uh, or haunted railroad tracks the railroad tracks between the town of carboneer and the town of bristol's hope uh where i grew up um are allegedly haunted there's a woman in white there classic woman in white tale and and we called her the missus on the track and uh, oh yeah yeah in my uh yeah in my in my my cousin and i my, uh, my cousin rob we we think we we saw someone on the track one night when we were on we were on the atv because we we were maybe 14 years old and my cousin lived in the town bristles hope and we would go to carboneer to go see our friends and i lived in another town over called victoria and but they're all connected right and yeah. um, uh, different municipalities but they're all connected culturally they're all connected and uh we we would, I would spend weekends at his place or he'd come to mine. But if I was at his, we'd hop on his ATV, his quad, and we would go around the, the old track. Mm-hmm. 
because the rail bed is still there, but the tracks have long been torn up. They're torn up, I think, in the like the early night, late 80s. I think they were torn up. The trains went out of commission way back, and then the rails were down until about the late 80s. But the, the beds are still there, and people use them to travel between towns. They got on their ATVs or their skidoos in winter, and they travel between towns. So we were, we'd come back late at night from Carboneer, and it would be a good 20-minute 20, 20 ride on the ATV, at least 20 minutes. Pitch black. Mm. There was nothing around. Very, very small town in the North Atlantic, right on the coast. You know, there's the ocean just off to the left-hand side when we're going back towards Bristol's Hope. If the, if the moon was out, it's illuminating on the ocean, and we can hear the surf, even though we're on the the track is right along the, the top of a really high sea cliff. Mm -hmm. And it's said that there was a woman got hit by a train way, way back, and her ghost is supposed to be in a certain area. One night when we were going back, we were almost certain that we saw someone there. There, there was something tangible. And that was a strange thing. It didn't look... It didn't look like an incorporeal being. It, it looked like something that was tangible. It looked like you a human. You touch it, yeah. 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 And, but it was a woman wearing white. And, like, like you know, after, we're like, holy shit, did you see that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, um, and if I'm remembering right, I, yeah, like, we, we talked about it, but then, like, we were kind of talking about it after saying, no, no, maybe we didn't see anything. And it was very, very, very strange. Anyway, so that that's uh, that's where I grew up. It's full of stories like that. So one story I heard when I was young, and these are a bunch of adults. We were in the cabin, we call it. We're in like in, in the cabins in the woods, mm -hmm. and and all the adults gather around, and you know, and I'm just a little kid walking among legs, and everyone's drinking, and I'm you know I got I'm drinking coke and eating chips, and you know and going to see my cousins and stuff going to the kitchen and I'm, I'm on my way to the kitchen in the cabin you know the adults are the men mostly are usually telling spooky stories or things like that no one seemed to talk about politics and stuff when mm -hmm. when i when i was a little kid no one's a lot of my lot, a lot of us do that now when we get together but yeah not back not back then not that i noticed anyway and uh this one story was uh being told how the, the person telling it said he was when he was a, a boy he um he would go into the the woods with his father to chop wood go into the forest to chop wood and they take their old truck in. it was like in the this was in the 1950s and they they drive in into the woods chop wood load up on the truck and then drive back out and then you know stack the wood next to their their house just outside mm -hmm. And they'd always take their dog with them. If you had a dog, your dog always went with you in the woods. And one day they went in and they, you know, they said uh, said goodbye to their to the wife and the mother. And they off they went, and they were usually gone for most of the day. Mm -hmm. And they they didn't come back by supper time. And the mother didn't really think that unusual because they were often late. So. Um, so she prepared supper, but she, she didn't think it strange that they weren't there yet. And then she heard the dog barking. It was the, their dog. He was out in the garden and he was barking, like standing in front of the door barking. So she went out 
opened the door, saw the dog there, and he said, "What you know, what are you doing back? And her husband and son weren't back yet. The truck wasn't already to be seen, and the dog was there barking and barking. And the dog would run a certain distance, turn around, and bark. And so the woman thought, okay, something, something bad's happened. She put on her, her shoes, and she started following the dog. And the dog was running and running and running in, into the forest. And the woman was running, running, and running behind the dog. And when they got to the crest of a hill, she looked down and saw that the truck had tumbled over. What had happened, the axle broke and the truck turned and it rolled down a hill. And the father and son were still trapped inside. Mm. So she she ran down to see if they were okay. They were fine. And they said, go get help. She ran back. She got help. People came in, got them out, flipped the truck over. And everyone was okay. They had to go to see the doctor, but they were fine. But before they did that, they pulled them out and they're checking them to see if they're okay. And the father asked his wife, how did you know we were here? And she said, the dog came back. It was amazing. The dog came back and told me. And he said, that's impossible. Because when they turned the truck over, the dog was crushed by the truck. Mm. <laughs> so allegedly the ghost of the dog came back and told her about the accident. Mm. Apparently a true story it happened in the area where I grew up. So there you have it. That's a good Go one. Ghost dogs. Ghost dogs. There are ghost dogs. Lots, lots of ghost dogs. The black dogs, like in England and stuff like that. Big part of English folklore. The black they're dogs. Good. They're good dogs. They're good. And dogs. well, and this just, just, just. I just remembered this story as well. This is very interesting. Not exactly scary, but one of my my treks through the Nepal Himalaya several years ago. I was coming down from a peak and I was with uh, my friend Dome and my uh, Dome who's from there. He's from the Himalaya, really, really good friend of mine. And my friend Kyle, my friend from, I met him in Korea, but he's from Newfoundland as well. Mm -hmm. And um, we were coming down this peak and it was full of snow. We were glissading at certain points. Glissading is when you sit down and you kind of slide down on your butt. And you use, either use an ice axe or a, or a pole, like a trekking pole, to steer yourself. So there was a lot of snow, a lot of ice on this peak. And we were descending. We were hours away from the nearest town. And then this big black dog suddenly is coming up the peak. He's going up this peak. He's going up towards 6,000 meters. And we were thinking, what the hell is this dog? This is weird. And I asked Dome, I said, where do you think this dog's going? He's like, I have no idea. I really, really, really don't know what's going on with this dog. So we sat down for a bit. I had some dried apples that I got several days before in a, in a small village, Himalayan village. And a man had some apple trees there and he would dry apples and sell them. So I bought a bunch and I would snack on them while trekking. And I sat down with the dog. I fed him some of the apples. He was very friendly, very gentle. And we said, okay, we should get going because it was getting late. We should try to get down into the, into the, get off the mountain and get into the village. And um, as we started going down, I was calling to the dog. I was like, come on, boy. Come on, let's go, let's go back to the village. And he looked at me. 
he looked back up, looked at me again, then he turned around and started walking up. Hmm. So I was like, how weird. And uh, we said, okay, well, that's what he wants to do. He didn't look old. He didn't seem sick at all. He was just going up, and there's nothing up there. For him to go in that direction, the nearest inhabitation is three days away mm. in that direction. So we thought it was strange, and that was all we could do, and we, just, we went down. When we got into the village, we, we went into um, a place that in the area they're called Bati, and Bati means uh, Chachi. It's tea house in Korean, chatji. So, uh, but these these bati uh, can offer rooms to stay. So we went into a place and we were like, you know, we want to have a meal. We just came, you know, came through the, down from the peak and we'd like to stay here for the night. And the woman said, that's fine, sure. And we we put our stuff down, um, rubbing out the, you know, the, the oncoming of, of frostbite that, <laughs> that we were kind of getting mm-hmm. and things like that. And we were just exhausted. And we sat down and the woman brought us some tea and I told her about the dog. And she said, that's, that's really incredible. She said, do you know that the mountain spirits in this area turn themselves into dogs so they can roam among the people? (laughs) And I said, you know, she said that that's what we say in this area. So I was like, are you suggesting that that was actually a mountain god? She said, yes, probably. She was adamant. She's like, yes, that was probably a mountain god. Mm. So another interesting mountain dog, mountain god. Mountain. Yeah, there you go. So she wasn't dyslexic, dyslexic I'm sure. <laughs> so. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, let's see. This one, this is a hard one for me to try to... Tr- translate right um young he and mie had a big argument for some reason young he was angry and marched off to the park to a private area she liked to go to be alone mie was so angry that she sat down at a local convenience store and ate an ice cream um we do that in korea we have like places benches outside where you can enjoy beverages or ice creams at that moment a man wearing a white hat white coat white gloves white socks white face mask and white shoes approached her where is young he Mie deliberately pretended not to know the man stood there for a while and walked away after a while a man wearing a black hat a black coat black gloves black socks, black face mask, and black shoes approached Mie. Where is Young He? Mie was weirded out by now, but still pretended not to know. The man stood there a while and walked away. Mie finished and started walking home. As she was walking, the man in white ran up to her, all frantic, startling her. Did a man in black come by asking for Young He? Mie asked, yeah, but why? The man in white said, he's planning to kill her. I can save her. Tell me where she is. Shocked, Mie told him where young he was. The man in white thanked her and ran towards the park. Then Mie noticed his shoes were black. 
<laughs> oh no. Disaster. Ips. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Those those pesky pesky murderers tricking everyone. I know I when I was reading this, I kept imagining um the spy versus spy. They would, that's the same <laughs> thing that popped in my head when you said <laughs> <laughs> we're 80s kids <laughs> spy, spy versus first thing when you said same thing i didn't think about spy versus spy when you described the guy in all white but then when you described all black spy versus spy popped in my head yeah, yeah absolutely i love spy versus spy it's awesome yeah um anyway yeah that was a good one what else you got i got a bunch a uh, bunch uh these are really short um uh, I think I already shared this one with you. A young woman lived by herself and was very lonely. Her older sister had gotten married and had a baby. Feeling the need to care for her little sister, the married sister called and said she'd stop by and give her some panchan, some side dishes. The young woman realized that she had been living like a slob, so she quickly cleaned her apartment. When she was done, she figured she had time to take a shower. She had just finished her shower when her phone buzzed. There was a cacao message. Message said, Sorry I missed you. I left the banchan with your roommate. <laughs> My what? My if you poop? didn't get it, hit the hit the 30 second roll, roll back thing and listen to this again. <laughs> right. <laughs> a few of these are going to have to listen to it twice. Right, right, right. So... Um, if if you don't understand, still just just go on our Facebook page, facebook.com dot slash darksidesoul and ask us. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, another story. I got a couple other ones, um, but another one that um, allegedly was true, and uh, this happened to my father. He was a little kid, so this would have been uh, probably around nineteen fifty. In the early 1950s, say around 1952, 1953, um, he now where my grandmother lived. My grandmother lived in that house until she died. Um, well, yeah, not long, not long. Um, she left not long before she died. Um, was uh, they lived on top of a hill in the town Carbonier, and um, one. It, You'd, the area of the town was called Irish Town. So Morrissey's Irish. That's where my family was. And uh, you'd have to go up this hill, of course, to get to the house. My grandmother's house was the last house on the top of this hill. But beyond it is a big stretch of land, which was owned by my grandfather, then owned by my father. Now it's owned by me. Oh, really? And, yeah. And then... Um, rich, buddy. <laughs> no, it's not land value not 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 a whole lot of land value in newfoundland um but uh, beyond that there isn't very much there and it's said that the hill way beyond you can get to an area that's called gadden's mash and some people just call it the mash uh which means a marsh um is said to have a lot of fairies and a lot of ghosts and things like that the whole area is supposed to be haunted but one day when my father was coming home, he went up the hill, and for some reason he wasn't with his twin brother, my my uncle. And he was going up the hill, 
and he saw a man at the top of the hill not next to the house but way farther up the hill up beyond which at that time the land that my my grandfather owned and my father recognized who it was there's an older man who lived on the other side of that hill because if you do loop around you can get to an area that's called chapel hill and uh and uh that's where a lot of more people live now but in those days pe- there were a few houses there mm-hmm. so my father recognized the the old man my father waved to him the man waved back and oh. then my father went into the house and his mother my grandmother was in the kitchen and he said i just saw mr such and such on top of the hill it was kind of strange that he was on top of the hill there he's just standing there but you know he waved to me and my grandmother said you couldn't have seen mr such and such he died two two days ago apparently apparently that happened my father was adamant that's who it was so and the area where my father saw him he lived on the other side of that hill that's where he was and in those days that's where the wake would have been and the graveyard is not that far the saint patrick's graveyard the church is just down from there so apparently another another uh experience that my father had wow an old carboneer yeah what i have this is from i don't know if it's a movie or a book called gompo tukup uh fear express hmm, yeah i don't know okay it came out in 1993 um there was a child who was scared to go into the elevator at his apartment building he always felt that someone was looking at him and even heard whispers in his ear because of this he was too scared to go into the elevator at night it got to the point where the child was too terrified to go into the elevator so he always took the stairs one evening when coming home he saw his mother waiting for him in front of the elevator he was relieved they both got into the elevator together the child said i'm not worried anymore because my mother was waiting for me i love it the mother said you think that i'm your mother (laughs) (laughs) what was that called um the korean uh yeah no i've never heard of that yeah when you said what what did you say yeah when you Uh, said the name it was translated as Fear Express or Horror Express. Okay, yeah. I the first thing I thought there was an Italian uh, uh, crime movie, like kind of like a Jallo film uh, called Terror Express from the late seventies. It's a a, a Baldi Fer, Ferdin, Ferdinando Baldi film. Uh, okay. Yeah, the, I think the English title of that's Terror Express. There's also um, there's a there's a Peter Cushing christopher lee movie uh uh that set on a train what the hell is that called um mm. there are several movies set horror movies set on trains i uh, just found out today that christopher lee was offered and regretted later on until the day he died that he did not take a role in the movie airplane oh really <laughs> yeah can you imagine you christopher go. lee in airplane 
Well, he did do like he was in Gremlins too, so he did do comedy. Yeah. Um, so, and he did another film too. The, the, that movie is called Horror Express. That the that Christopher Lee Peter Cushing movie. Ah. So early seven. It's like seventy two. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a good movie. It's come more like okay. more like a kind of like sci fi horror movies. A horror movie. And so, I just have one more thing that I'm going to share, but I'm going to wait until the end. Okay, so go ahead. You I'm going to I'm going to give a bunch of these. Uh, this okay. one you can kind of predict what's going to happen, but again, if you think about it even more, it gets even creepier if you just think about it. The year is 1997 in Bang Beidong in Seoul. Um, a student is in a cheap apartment studying, and he was cramming for his final exams. Suddenly, there was a thumping sound on one of his walls. Thump, 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 thump. It was getting la- softer and louder and softer. The apartment building didn't have good soundproofing. In frustration, he banged against the wall for his neighbors to shut up. He was annoyed and tired, and he fell asleep. And within the next hour, he was he fell asleep within the next hour without finishing his work. He woke up to a loud noise the next morning. Police and detectives were gathering at the apartment next door. A man had gotten into a fight with his wife and beat her to death the night before. The detective approached the student for an interview. The detective explained that the husband surrendered to the police that night after he realized what he had done. He asked if the student had heard anything. The student said he he had heard loud banging banging at 11 o'clock that night. The detective paused. He said the husband had surrendered at 10 o'clock that night. The student was startled, wondering what was thumping up against his wall that night. He kind of shrugged it off as a ghost, which in itself is kind of creepy. But then he told, when he told one of his seniors about it one evening, the senior brought up, that, a more, brought up a more frightening possibility. What if she was still alive at that time? Hmm. So, like, the husband surrendered at 10 o'clock, and the police mm-hmm. took him away. Then he heard the thumping at 11 o'clock. Was it a ghost, mm-hmm. or was it someone who was still alive? Mm, there you go. See, that was even creepier if she was still alive, I think. That, that reminds me, there, there is a short, very, very short story that I read. Um, I'm pretty, like, I read it on the internet some time ago, and um, uh it, it, I'm going to have to paraphrase it, but uh, uh, a man says how he he was uh, he was having he was in a deep sleep, and he was awakened in the middle of the night by his wife, and she was violently shaking him and telling him that there was someone in the house, there was someone in the house, there was someone in the house, and reminding him that she was killed by someone in the house two years before. Oh, woo! Circle so that, of death. Yeah. So she she can't escape her can't escape her her murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember where I read that. I read that several years ago, on, on, or at least a couple of years ago on, on the internet. I didn't like how it was written, and so I always felt that uh, the repetition was a better way to tell that story. Yeah, that works well. Mm-hmm. And this one I have, um, this is a folk tale. So you might have heard this one. Likely you have, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Show me if you've heard this before. 
After suffering from illness yeah, for a it. long time. Okay. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go I'm ahead, joking. you say. Okay. No, no. I just, I <laughs> After suffering illness for a long time, an old woman died. The bereaved family of uh, of the grandmother took uh, her coffin and carried it to the mountain Sonsan for burial. However, when a pit was dug at the site of the tomb, water leaked into the pit. The bereaved family dug another pit next to that one. This time it was full of snakes and tree roots wriggling around. In the end, the bereaved family could only bury the grandmother after digging a third pit next to those two. Three days later, the granddaughter had a dream of the dead grandmother while sleeping. In the dream, the grandmother was muttering something as she walked with a gloomy expression. She couldn't hear it very well, but it sounded like she was saying, Empty. Empty. When the granddaughter woke up, she felt very bad. The next day, the granddaughter's uncle asked her to go fishing with him, but for some reason, the granddaughter was worried about her dream and did not go fishing. That day, in a boat accident while fishing, her uncle died. Not long after her grandmother's funeral, her uncle's funeral was also held. Two days after that, the grandmother had the granddaughter had another dream of her dead grandmother. Again, grandma seemed to say, It's still empty. Still empty. The next day, the granddaughter was supposed to go up to Seoul with her aunt, but because the dream was so real, she did not go. On the way to Seoul, her aunt died in an accident. So now within 10 days, three funerals were held for members of this family, and each time they went to Sonsan to bury them. After that, nothing more happened, and the grandmother never appeared in her dreams. The moral of the story is, when making a grave, never dig an empty pit. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't think I've heard that particular story before. Mm. But when you when you said the uh, uh, grave and then water, uh, it, I I thought of the the song "Water Grave" by the Imperials. Oh. <laughs> That's the okay. First thing, first thing that popped in my head for some reason. Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh, this is this is my darkest one. This is also from Horror Express, Fear Express. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, two sisters were in their bedroom. The older one was studying. She had a bag of candy. The younger sister asked if she could have some candy. Yes, but you can only eat half. The older sister started studying and got absorbed in her work. After a while, the younger sister said, I've already eaten half. Can I have just one more? The older sister was too busy to argue. Sure, go ahead, she said without looking. She got absorbed in her studies. After a while, she heard, I ate it all, but there are only two left. What should I do? Can I eat the whole thing? The sister was annoyed, turned around and shouted, Yeah, eat them all. However, her younger sister wasn't anywhere to be found. Instead, there was a ghost with long hair muttering while chewing on the last two remaining fingers of her younger sister. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yummy. That, that sounds like an Edward Gorey type of thing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something you'd see in that you'd see that in Tales from the Crypt. Probably probably drawn by Johnny Craig and maybe written by Johnny Craig or uh-huh. with Al or with Al Feldstein. Yeah. That's definitely definitely something from that as well. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right, I got a few more. I think I got three more. Um, A man was coming home from his apartment building, to his apartment building after work, when he overheard some neighbors talking about a series of break-ins in the neighborhood and that someone in the building itself was murdered. They were visibly alarmed. The man himself was spooked. He unlocked his apartment and entered. Immediately, he saw his small place was disheveled. Someone had broken in. He called the police to report the break-in. Two officers arrived. They introduced themselves as as detectives. One took the report while the other took pictures of the apartment and dusted for fingerprints. While the officer was interviewing the man, he said, You don't look okay. Really? No, I'm fine. He looked down and saw a kimchi chige stain on his white shirt from lunch that he'd forgotten about. The other detective finished documenting the crime. As they were leaving, the detective looked perplexed. He was talking to the other officer as they went to the elevator. Did you get any fingerprints? No, there weren't any. There weren't any fingerprints from the intruder? No, there weren't any fingerprints in there at all. Do, 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 do. That's, a, that's one you have to think about. Right. <laughs> I like how you couldn't keep it together to do the Twilight Zone theme. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. It's like it's a twist. <laughs> it was that what that is kind of the uh what the not the fifth element, the Bruce Bruce Willis thing. Um the a sixth sense. Sixth sense. Fifth element, yeah. sixth sense. One of the fifth fingers. elements also Bruce Willis, though. Yeah. Seven he's not in that I know but, <laughs> um, <Yeah>. Ocean's 8 <laughs> alright Space 9 okay well this one I will warn you you will need to repeat this one and listen carefully you will need to repeat this you're not going to get it the first time it took me a few times to get it. <laughs> a teenage girl was struggling with her college entrance exams. Then suddenly a demon appeared in front of her and said, What is your wish? The girl said she wanted to get into a good university. After that, she got into the university of her choice. A few years later, this girl, now a woman, was struggling to find a job. Then she heard the demon's voice. What is your wish? The woman said she wanted to get a good job. After that, the woman got a job at the company she wanted. A few years after that, the woman was thinking about how lonely she was and wanted to get married. Once again, the demon appeared. What is your wish? The woman did not answer. She couldn't seem to hear him or acknowledge his presence. And the demon muttered to himself, Oh no, I took each thing in the wrong order. 
I love that one. See, that's when you really had to listen to the details of that one. If you don't know, if you still don't get it, go on our Facebook page and ask us. We're happy to explain it. That's a good one. I love that one. I'm not, I don't think I can even tell that one on the tour because too many people be thinking about what the heck? What? What? Well, you, you'd have to tell it at the end. That's yeah. definitely one you have to tell at the end and yeah. one I will have yeah. to explain. No, no, don't, no, don't explain it. No, oh. never, never explain your stories. They don't get it. It's their own damn fault. That's <laughs> how I look at it. Yeah. Ask Stephen King, ask Stephen King to explain his stories. He'll tell you to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, never explain stuff. So I love this. Okay. Well, I have one yeah. final. Okay. Okay. A man went to his two aunt's house with his four-year-old daughter. His grandmother, who had been living with these aunts, had just died, and he was picking them up for the funeral. When he arrived, they were still getting ready. His daughter, who didn't quite understand death, asked where great-grandmother was. She's in heaven. Can I go outside and play? Yes, you may, but don't stray too far. The girl went outside to play. The ants got ready, and they went outside to get into the car. The four-year-old girl was playing by the old well. She asked again where great-grandmother was. She's in heaven. The girl looked perplexed. Then she leaned over the well. Is heaven in the well? (laughs) (laughs) Mulquishin. <laughs> a well ghost. Mm. All right. So this is the last thing that I'm going to share is actually so a song. Again, she found grandma. She found grandma. She knew exactly where she was. Yeah. 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 We'll return to the podcast after this message. Take a walk down the dark alleys of the six hundred year history of massacres. TV hideaways and morning ghosts come face to face with souls deepest darkest secrets. What lies under the concrete? For who? The dark side of soul ghost walk. But now, if you dare. So the last thing I'm going to share is a song, and no, I'm not going to sing it. I'm just and it's it, this is this is also okay. We're from, gonna up our Patreon twenty five dollar level. Sean sings. Oh my god! <laughs> Tw- okay, twenty five twenty five buck level, and uh, we have to reach a thousand dollars a month. Uh, oh, dude! Then, yeah, there and we then go. I'll, and then I'll sing. There we go. And uh, by the way, Joe, before we before we wrap up, um, I w- uh, I enjoyed a a beer tonight. Do you know what oh. I was drink? Do you know what I was drinking tonight, Joe? Um, is it Amazing Brewery? I was drinking Amazing Brewery Co. Twilight Pale Ale, Joe. Twilight re- Pale Ale. Very refreshing on these hot summer nights. And quite appropriate for our s- stories. <laughs> Very refreshing. It's gone. Uh, it was full when we started the started the show and now it is gone so it's gone good night everyone <laughs> so the 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 last thing 
I'm going to share is from a part again from scary stories to tell in the dark. And I'm, I'm only sharing this because they're easy to share. They're short. Um, yeah. I, I can't share some of the stories like that. I loved from horror comics as a kid because they're comic books They're It's a visual medium. Yeah. Yeah. And my, my, my criterion for all these was they had to be short. Right. Yeah, right. So um, like I could tell the story from some of the stories from from the comics but because they're short but um no like you have to you have to uh, see them they go hand in hand with their art they're they're the comic book medium so and like you know like i love the first the first novel i've ever read first novel i ever read was dracula i was about 11 years old that was the first novel i ever read i read yeah. salem's lot there you go <laughs> There you go. It's a lot thicker than Dracula. <laughs> Is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, Salem's but, lots but, of good. But, uh, but I'm much pages thicker. Are, I'm much thicker. Much thicker than me. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're both vampires, though. Um, so mm. anyway, so there's a section of scary stories to tell in the dark. The first book that's called "They Eat Your Eyes, They Eat Your Nose," and all of the sections start with kind of a short introduction. So you get the title of the section, then you get a beautiful piece of art by Stephen Gamble, and then the introduction. The introduction to this one says, there are scary stories about all kinds of things. The ones told here are about a grave, a witch, a man who liked to swim, a hunting trip, and a market basket. There is also a tale about worms eating a corpse, your corpse. And when I was a kid, I was like, Oh, I got to read that. And it turns out that that's actually a song. Uh-huh. So they, they, uh, the lyrics are printed and also the, uh, the music's printed in the book. And there are people all over YouTube who have recorded this song. Mm-hmm. So it's called the hearse song. Not going to sing it, but I will read it as, as if it is a poem. I love this when I was like 11 years old. Me and my buddy, Mark, Mark Wynarowski, old friend. We love this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is it. This is the hearse song. Don't you ever laugh as a hearse goes by, for you may be the next to die. They wrap you up in a big white sheet from your head down to your feet. They put you in a big black box and cover you up with dirt and rocks. All goes well for about a week, then your coffin begins to leak. The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, the worms play on your snout, yes. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose, they eat the jelly between your toes. A big green worm with rolling eyes crawls in your stomach and out your eyes. Your stomach turns a slimy green and pus pours out like whipping cream. You spread it on a slice of bread, and that's what you eat when you are dead. <laughs> so if anybody wants to hear people singing that, just search the Hearst song, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and you'll find it. Well, maybe we'll link to it because there's just, just a ton of people doing it. I, we'll, we'll... I swear I can hear Shel Silverstein singing that, but I don't think it was him singing it. The worms oh, well, go in, he, the worms go out, 
the horns play pinnacle on your snout. Yeah. 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 So there you go. I love that when I was a kid. But you know, I never heard it as a song until much, much later. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 So, and now it's just all over YouTube. Hmm. Maybe we can maybe we can have a version of it play us out here instead of our regular. I'll our probably regular. forget. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I'll forget. Anyway, we'll 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 stick with our regular theme. Okay, which was done by Sodaksan. You can find it on Bandcamp under Jeju Digital. One of our patrons was just talking about how he discovered Sodaksan's mm-hmm. music and really dug it. It's awesome. It's creepy, especially the the album that he has that contains the theme that we use on this show and the theme that I use on my weird tales from Korean lore audio series on Patreon. Yes. Um, Yeah. So yeah, they're really good. And if you join our Patreon starting at just $5 a month, you can get weird tales from Korean lore. You can get the video version of the podcast. You can get the podcast ahead of time. Uh, like soon after we record it um, and, and a bunch of other bonuses. Um, our top level patrons uh, also get uh, gifts mailed to them every month. Little fun, spooky themed trinkets. Uh, this m- past month was uh, what portraits that change. Uh, just, what do you call those? Yeah. They were refl- the holograms that change. Yeah. Aniforms, right. yeah, they they look they look like classic old fashioned like like eighteen hundreds photographs, and then you if you look at them the right way, they turn into skeletons and <laughs> macabre monsters and zombies. And yeah. one of our other top tier patrons, one of our Tokebi patrons, his mother opened it accidentally and uh, had a look at it, and she was like, "Oh, why is he?" What, what this is an old picture he got here, and then it transformed into this. Oh my god! Demon face, and uh, she freaked out and gave him shit for like I don't know how long, but <laughs> <there's> some... <laughs> okay, so okay. He, success. He, he he told us that his mother found. I didn't know it was that one. <laughs> mm. Oh my! Yeah. Yeah, just the most, it was like uh, like today or yesterday or something like that. Because mm, yeah, they should have been. In, I was checking; they should have been arriving this mm-hmm. week. Oh my gosh! Anyway, you can find us on Patreon dot uh, com slash Dark Side of Soul. I think that is uh, just find us on Patreon, Dark Side of Soul. Find it's, us anywhere, yeah. Dark Side Dark of Soul. Side of We're soul. on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Mm-hmm. We're not on TikTok. We're not on Clubhouse no. yet. Well, you and I are on Clubhouse, um, but Clubhouse seems to kind of be slowing down. Like it was kind of a fad that seems to be, yeah, in in the declines. But um, you yeah, and I are on Clubhouse, so we'll see. We'll mm. see if it turns into Snapchat. Mm. <laughs> we could okay. do something with with it. We'll see. Certainly. We'll see. Mm. Anyway, we do want to thank our top tier patrons. Angel Earl, Joel Bonamini, Jamie Staley, Sharon Cullen, Devin Hifner, Minsuk Lee, Laura Casey, Jane Hargrave, Sarah Ford, Alex Radia, and Ryan Berkabal. Thank you, everyone, for participating. Thank you for listening. I hope you were able to stay cool today. Uh, if you have 
any stories you want to share with us like this, we love sharing. Maybe we'll do another episode like this. If you ask us, I I have more stories. I I keep finding more stories and it's really fun collecting them. I have so many stories. Dozens of dozens and dozens. Uh, anyone can see the video. My library behind me is mostly folklore and his in there are some history books, but folk those are mostly folklore and ghost story books <laughs> behind oh me. wow okay mm. yeah yeah i've been to i've been to your library it's is that mm. it's, he's mm. he's saying the truth <laughs> all right everyone thank you for listening until next time stay spooky and stay cool and good night between